Your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness to those who keep your covenant. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you, as we always do, to be here with us, and we trust that you are. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I remember going to chapel in seminary, which we did every single day. And if anybody asks you, I went to chapel every single day in seminary. I did at least go once in a while. And one of the things that the seminary used the chapel services for was to give students an opportunity to practice preaching. So as you can imagine, sort of hit and miss um, with student sermons. But that was the whole point. And one that sticks in my head Clearly, incredibly clearly, all these years later, I don't actually remember anything the guy said. But what I do remember is that he came up to the lectern just like this, sort of a very prayerful and serious look on his face, and sort of considered in silence, and then sort of burst into action and with a flourish ripped up his notes and dropped them onto the floor next to the lectern and began to preach. And uh, being the cynical person that I am, I thought, wouldn't it be great if he like, had another set of notes up here? <laughs> and that was just all for show, sort of show how extemporaneous he was and how full of the Holy Spirit to be able to preach with no plan. You know, I'm going to get rid of my plan. And I considered doing that this morning um, because at the 8 o'clock service, I sort of went off script a little bit And I figured if I'm going to go off script, I might as well make a big show of it. Um, So you can see how full of the Holy Spirit I am. I'm not going to do that particular cheat, but I'm going to cheat in another way. Sort of a a classic preacher's cheat, um, which is to say that the readings that we have before us this morning reminded me of another reading that I'd rather preach on. Um, So I'm going to do a little bit of that, um, but I'm going to sort of stay on the theme Um, Our reading from Genesis this morning is all about this covenant that God makes with Noah after the flood. When Noah comes out of the ark with the animals and his family, the Lord makes this covenant, this agreement, this deal with Noah, and he sets his rainbow in the clouds to remind him that he's made a covenant with Noah. And It sort of seems pretty good at first, but something in this Noah covenant has always rubbed me the wrong way, and it's when the Lord says, I will never again destroy the earth with a flood. And I sort of always thought, that's sort of like saying, I will never again punch you in the face with my right hand. Like, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're not going to have to deal with any more world-destroying floods. But what about potential other ways that the world might be destroyed? Can we trust God not to do it in some other way? And I was sort of reading for context, sort of what happens just before our reading this morning from Genesis chapter 9. We start our reading in verse 8. But if you start in verse 4, you find something interesting. It's sort of the Lord laying out um, the framework of the covenant. And it's not important sort of what he asks 
Noah to do. It's all about what animals he's allowed to eat, what animals he's not allowed to eat, and how to prepare them. And, and just a reminder for Noah that killing other people is still not allowed. <laughs> These are the terms of the covenant that God makes with Noah. But one of the things that the Lord keeps saying to Noah is, I will demand an accounting. And these words, to me, are terrifying words. I will demand an accounting. Have you ever had a job where your supervisor asked you to chart your time for a week and then come see him after? I had one of these jobs once. And every person who was asked by our supervisor to chart out their time for a week ended up fired. Right? It was just... It was to sort of prove that you were spending less time than you needed to be spending at work and more spending time on Facebook. Not that you'd write that on your accounting, but whenever you're asked to provide an accounting, you feel like you're in trouble, right? It's like when somebody says to you, we need to talk. These are terrifying words. I will demand and accounting are terrifying words. And we heard it this morning in our psalm too. I wasn't actually going to mention the psalm this morning. That's why I was going to rip up my notes. But I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. We all sang it after every verse of this psalm. Your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness. That sounds great. To those who keep your covenant. That sounds less great. So covenants, these agreements, these deals, are sort of two-sided, right, by their very nature. You do your part, I'll do mine. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do what you've promised to do, and I will follow up by doing what I promised to do. This is what covenants, contracts, deals, agreements are all about. And this is how life works. You do, and so I'll do. But this is scary. This leads to, I will demand an accounting. This leads to a point in the future where you're actually going to be called on the carpet to see if you kept up your end of the bargain. Have you? What about the covenant that Jesus makes with us on the Sermon on the Mount when he says, honor your father and mother? Or turn the other cheek to your enemies? Or if somebody asks you to go one mile, walk with them a second mile also. Or if somebody asks you for your cloak, don't just give that to them, but give him your tunic as well. Give everything away to the poor and follow me. And then the final kicker, you therefore must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. There is no accounting more demanding than that. If when the Lord says, I will demand an accounting, he means that, to be as perfect as he is perfect, then we can just turn it off right now. There's no point in trying anymore if that's the standard to which we have been called. If this is true, your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness, but only to those who keep your covenant then we're all in trouble. And now here's where I'm going to do my little preacher's cheat and preach about another verse that this verse reminded me of. When I'm, when I'm thinking of covenants, I think first not of the covenant that the Lord made with Noah. 
but of the covenant that the Lord made with Abram years later. And this is in uh, Genesis, where are we? Genesis chapter 15. And I'm not going to read it to you. You can read it later, but I'm going to tell you the story. The Lord comes to Abram and makes him this amazing promise, right? He says, your descendants will be more numerous than the stars. And Abram, of course, is so old that he knows this is, in human terms, impossible. And Abram asks the question that we would all ask. How can I believe you? How do I know that you will keep your end of this covenant, of this deal, this contract? And here's what happens. The Lord tells Abram to bring a bunch of animals and to cut them in half. Now, this is grisly, but stick with me for a second. This is actually how people made covenants back then. This is how they made contracts. He would bring animals and cut them in half and lay the halves out along a path for walking. And the idea was that each person entering into the covenant would walk between the halves of these animals with the idea that if I'm the one who breaks this covenant, may I end up like these animals. Sort of the ultimate hardcore version of cross my heart and hope to die. Right? If I'm the one to let you down, may I end up like these animals split in half. And then something amazing happens. Rather than both the Lord and Abram walking through the animals like was the custom of the day, God puts Abram to sleep and walks between the animals by himself. What's so amazing about this? Unlike covenants that we're used to, conditional ones, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If you do what you promise, I'll do what I promise. Your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness to those who keep your covenant. Unlike conditional two-way covenants like that, This covenant, this agreement that God makes with Abram is one way. God walks through the animals alone. He promises to uphold both sides of the covenant. If we break the covenant, God picks up the tab. When we fail to love our neighbors, as ourselves, when we fail to honor our father and our mother, when we fail to turn the other cheek, it is not us who end up like the split animals. It is God's own son. We heard it in our reading from um, first, first Peter, this first sentence, Christ suffered sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous in order to bring you to God. This is the seal on the covenant that God made with Abram and that he has made with you. When you break the covenant, he says, I will keep it. When you break the covenant, I will keep it. Conditional covenants with the Lord. Your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness to those who keep your covenants. These covenants exist to bring us into contact with our sinful selves, right? When Jesus says, love your enemies, 
it is intended for us to hear that and think, oh my gosh, I am not loving my enemies. When he says, turn the other cheek, we are intended to immediately realize how rarely we do that. Right? When, when you go to college, the covenant that you enter into with your credit card company, they intend to show you how bad you are at handling your money. That's their intention. And your eyes are opened when the collection agency calls. Our eyes are similarly opened when Jesus says, you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. All of a sudden we realize how imperfect we are. But, confronted with the truth of our situation and the truth about ourselves, we call out for help. And this is when God says, remember the covenant I made with Abram and the covenant I made with you. When you are faithless, I am faithful. When you break our deal, I will keep it. Our relationship with God is not two-way. It's not, I'll scratch my back if you, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. It's not you do for me and I'll do for you. God loves us with a one-way love. Our relationship with God does not depend on us. It only depends on God. Jesus stands before God when he says, I will demand an accounting. And Jesus says, account for me. I give my goodness to you in exchange for your badness. All your failing to keep the terms of the covenant is put onto Christ and all his success is given to you. He hangs on the cross and says, it is finished. Father, forgive them. And because of him, because of his sacrifice for us, because of his keeping of the covenant on our behalf, we are forgiven. And it is finished. Amen.